So here's the question. In the print and packaging supply chain, how do we deliver new ideas and innovative practices to continually improve your profit, your brand, and your quality? Welcome to the Gamut Podcast, and I am your host, Jeff Collins, Director of Print Technologies for ID Alliance. We are a nonprofit global think tank serving the graphic communications industry with 12 offices strategically located around the world to better support our membership. You can support the Gamut Podcast and content like this by becoming a member at ID Alliance by going to www.idalliance.org. I would also like to thank Konica Minolta for sponsoring this podcast. They are a world leader in industrial and commercial printing and packaging solutions. With a comprehensive portfolio of production print offerings, Konica Minolta delivers the latest innovations in printing, applications, and expertise. In this episode, we'll chat with our friend, Michael Eichler. He's a renowned offset press expert from the company Koenig & Bauer, who is also the oldest sheet-fed offset press manufacturer in the world. They make a wide variety of press technologies for web offset, newsprint, currency and banknote printing, metal decorating, and even high-speed digital inkjet presses like the new Rotojet series. Hey, Michael, thanks so much for joining us today. To start, please tell us a little bit about what you're currently up to at Koenig & Bauer. Hi, everybody. It's Michael Eichler. I'm the sales director for service select products at Koenig & Bauer. Generally speaking, uh, I'm having a team of five customer service specialists that are spread across the Northern American area. And our main goal is to engage our customers in a proactive service approach, meaning we try everything to work together with our customers, keeping the equipment in pristine stage and having it running at the most efficient way and preventing breakdowns and uh, service times as much as possible by means of being proactive. Hey, Mike, can you describe some of the presses that you work with? We primarily work with our team on the sheet-fed equipment side. All-step printing sheet-fed, and tell us a little bit about some of those configurations. I know Koenig and Bauer, and we go back, what, at least 15 years when I worked for you at the headquarters there in Vermont. Give me an example of one of the more difficult configurations and really unique applications that you guys have custom designed for some of your customers? Yeah, uh, Koenig & Bauer offers the broadest range of uh, sheet-fed printing presses from small 28-inch presses all the way up to 81-inch sheet-fed presses, and those are humongous. And That's what, the Rapida 205, right? That's the Rapida 205, yeah. 205 stands for 205 centimeters, what is 81 inches, and that's really a large sheet. So, uh, starting uh, 40-inch presses with up to 15, 16, 17 Units. Some have six colors over perfecting, uh, another six colors, double coders, foil units, and you, you name it. Uh, same for large format presses. We have uh, machines that are way over 10 units. Long perfecting press, uh, six over six, with a double coder configuration, single coder on the other side. 
So it's just pushed it already into 16, 17 units. We have straight presses with as many units for specialty applications where you find coding units up front, foil units up front, and uh, multiple printing units, coding units, and printing units again after coding. So uh, it's the sky is the limit here. But what I want to also touch on is your background. You have one of the most interesting stories that I've heard in the print industry. Why don't you take us back a little bit? Give us an idea of your beginnings and where you're at now. Oh, yeah, growing up in East Germany. So, uh, interesting fact here is there was a centralized school where all the print shops could send their apprentice uh, or their trainees in for professional training in printing. There is a um, requirement in Germany for becoming a professional trained pressman before you are even allowed to operate a printing press. Press is very expensive piece of equipment. But yeah, pretty much Planeta had sent me out to first get my education as a full-fledged pressman. Mm-hmm. And then at Planeta, I got additional training in languages, mechanics, electronics, electrics, just to understand the entire complex printing press better. And I started out at the factory to test print machines and spent a lot of time in R&D as a pressman, uh, pretty much uh, running the presses during the R&D process. I spent a lot of time also in the uh, customer demo and training center at the factory Mm -hmm. where we uh, trained customers from all around the world in operating our equipment and also demonstrated equipment to potential customers. Gotcha. So you came to the U.S. eventually, and you were uh, running the demonstration center at the North American headquarters in Vermont. I took over the uh, challenge to establish and also run a customer demo center and training center. Mm -hmm. Uh, The good thing was part of my training back in East Germany was also all areas that are associated with printing. So not only did we learn how to operate the offset printing press, we also learned how to strip film, how to do impositions mm-hmm. on film or with film, how to make plates and how to develop plates, how the ink room works and everything. So this allowed me to pretty much establish my own mini pre-press area. And this was about the time when the first CDP units showed up in the market. And I immediately embraced the idea of going CTP. Now we're going to take you up to about 2006, 2007. And that's when the market here in the U.S. was introduced to a new calibration methodology called G7. I remember our conversations. You, like I, were kind of skeptical that this was another you know, magic trick that couldn't be sustained. We wanted to give it our due diligence. So give me your first impression of using G7 methodology to calibrate and what were some of the advantages that you immediately saw once you got your hands around it? I mean, before G7, we all used the tedious 
TEVI method. So first of all, it was very time-consuming and uh, there was no easy way around it. Measurements had to be taken uh, in each color, in each screen value, and then with this in hand, a curve had to be plotted. Then it was more or less a little bit of guesswork involved. Yeah, I spent a lot of time and, carrying plates back and forth between the uh, plate setter and the press. I got a good work And yeah, it got very complicated with the introduction of different screen sets, for example, stochastic screening. Yes. Then it was uh, a lot of, I would say, measurements, trial and error, time-consuming and tedious approach. Doing a TVI, TVI curve on a regular screen that uh, we're talking about at least a day from scratch uh, mm-hmm. with a stochastic screen. We, we, we were talking about like two days uh, forward and backwards till we finally had a match. You know, we were doing TVI, and then now we're, you know, looking at high line screen frequencies, 300, 600 LPI uh, with conventional screening, and then our 10 micron and 20 micron. So, you know, the screening was a variable. And then, of course, you have factors like ink set, as well as the substrates that are also factors when we're developing tone curves. So we've got all these variables working with you at uh, the demo center. We could get anything under the sun, depending on what the customer wanted to see. Yes. <laughs> you got that right. And anything, everything possible under the sun. So we were pretty much uh, opposed with a full variety of substrates, not being limited to paper or boards, but also including plastics, metals, sometimes wood. Uh, <laughs> anything was possible to be printed on an offset printing. And not only this, uh, we also had the challenge of different inks that talking about conventional inks, waterless inks, UV inks, uh, exotic inks sometimes, yeah. like uh, supple- limita- uh, supplementation inks, and uh, small printing presses. We operated large format printing presses. We had the card digital press with direct imaging and waterless printing. So all those different technologies and different printing processes for the extra challenge on the color reproduction. You know, when we're talking about alignment of color, and you just described uh, a huge amount of variables, and many of our customers are faced with these, right? They don't just have one technology under the roof for one application. It's a very diverse mm-hmm. uh, product line and uh, equipment that goes along with that. Going back to aligning that color on all those different scenarios mm-hmm. that you just described. Sometimes, you can correct me if I'm wrong, you probably got close enough, as close as you could, time depending, and then you just went with it. And often maybe things weren't perfect and that was you know, caught by the customer. Why doesn't this press match that? Did G7 methodology help resolve that? Oh, absolutely, Jeff. Uh, Like you mentioned earlier, I mean, you and I, at the time, we were a little bit skeptical about what is G7. Uh, It's probably just something nice and new and shiny and not so technical. And let's give it a try. So after going our initial trial period, test period, and also education, in G7, IP became an instant fan and embraced the technology and still love it today because it's so simple, uh, but yet a very powerful way to achieve a good match, which is in the entire process also device independent and process independent. That's the key thing here. For the first time, we have a method that allows 
uh, achieving a good color match across different pieces of equipment and different technologies. So it can be applied to dry offset printing, wet offset printing, UV, conventional, but it also can be done in flexo, screen printing, and you name it. So this is awesome. And um, we uh, found it very easy easily to do or very easy to do uh, very quick and it gets you almost instantly a result that was uh, a closer match and better than compared to the TVI method we used to run uh, till then in a fraction of the time. Different technologies in printing, blending together. Huh? So we have machines that have in one machine inkjet technology for printing mm-hmm. and also offset technology for printing. And all this has to be color managed. Yes. And now it all comes back, it all comes back to the print buyer. Uh, who is dealing with the final piece that has been printed. And print buyers believe in that similarity of the visual appearance across all the different print products that this is so critical. And we also know that uh, the typical print buyer is distributed geographically all over the world now, different uh, continents even. Mm-hmm. And uh, is dealing with all different print technologies and different types of printing, and they all try, they always try to achieve a close visual match in all locations in all different print processes. So we all know that substrate, gamut, and other print characteristics will vary for all the different print products. But uh, if all the print products have the same gray balance and neutral tonality as defined by G7, they will look remarkably alike to the human eye. And this is key for going global and embracing all the different print technologies to have the visual appearance similar. Mike, thanks again, and we hope to have some additional conversations with you over the next year, and we really appreciate your time. So, Thank you, Okay, man. Thanks for listening to the Gamut Podcast. If you have ideas, suggestions, or would like to join us or even sponsor future podcasts, simply email me at jcollins at idealliance.org. That's J-C-O-L-L-I-N-S at idealliance.org. Take care and have a productive day. 